It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Michael Reed on LMFM. Wednesday morning, the 13th of January. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. Yesterday, the Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, launched uh, the Commission of Investigations report into mother and baby homes. It's the culmination of five years of independent and rigorous investigation and examination of mother and baby homes and county homes from 1922 to 1998. How unmarried mothers were treated in this country over a period of eight decades is highlighted in this report. It holds up a mirror to aspects of our past which are painful and difficult and from the present day perspective often hard to comprehend. The stories survivors tell the Commission about life in this country right up to 1998 should give us all cause to pause and reflect on the inhumane abuse, exploitation, forced imprisonment, vaccine trials without consent and the premature deaths of 9,000 children as well as the illegal adoptions that took place. The testimony of survivors set up by the Commission in their confidential report makes often harrowing reading and I appreciate the depth of bravery of the survivors who shared their experiences. It opens a window onto a deeply misogynistic culture in Ireland over several decades with serious and systematic discrimination against women, especially those who gave birth outside marriage. But will justice prevail? Earlier we assured survivors groups that we, and we can assure the general public that this government is focused on moving forward to implement a comprehensive response to all of its findings. As part of this response, I will be issuing, issuing an apology tomorrow in Doylerden on behalf of the state for the hurt experienced by many former residents of mother and baby institutions and county homes. That's the Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, uh, speaking yesterday. But what will he say when he apologises today? Will he say that he's sorry because he feels sorry for uh, the women and children in the mother and baby homes, just like everybody else in uh, the country today? Is he sorry that it happened to them, in other words? Or... 
Uh, will he say that he's sorry or that as a country, the state apologises to the women and children for neglecting its duty of care instead of just being sorry that this happened and it was unfortunate that it happened? Will he say that the state should have protected people that was in the care of the state, but that the state failed and it failed by putting these vulnerable people into the care of nuns and that these nuns not only failed to give that care to the girls, women and their children children, but oversaw a system of abuse and neglect instead. Let's talk to Susan Lohan, co-founder of the Adoption Rights Alliance and a member of the Collaborative Forum at the Department of Children and Equality. Good morning to you, Susan, and thanks morning, for joining Michael. us. You waited six years for this report. Uh, how do you feel this morning? Yeah, um, very, very disappointed by both the content and the tone of the report. Um, I, I, I just um, I'm, I feel so distraught for the, the women whose testimony was not believed by the commission. Um, you know, the, 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 the report is peppered with the statement there's insufficient evidence, insufficient evidence. Adoption Rights Alliance um, has been gathering evidence on much of these things since uh, 2001. We have files of anecdotal evidence, of uh, some documentary evidence, which the Commission could have used had they bothered to to contact us. And in fact, I'm so disappointed for everybody that the Commission chose not to hold any of their hearings in public. Uh, we approached them, Adoption Rights Alliance did, on that matter, and we were summarily dismissed. Uh, without any explanation as to why a hearing could not be held in public. And of course, had hearings been held in public, it would have brought forward the necessary evidence um, that the Commission were unable, having spent almost £30 million to, um, to, to gather themselves. A lot of that evidence has been gathered by the Commission and it is in the report. But what they say when it comes uh, to finding people accountable is that there isn't evidence of the type of thing that we're talking about and that this was a whole of society problem, it was a whole of society attitude and that because everybody was wrong, nobody is wrong specifically. They say that the environment in this country at the time was a cold, harsh environment, cold and harsh for everybody and all, especially for women, and all women suffered serious discrimination. Women who gave birth outside of marriage were subject to particular harsh treatment. Responsibility for that harsh treatment rests mainly with the fathers of their children and their own immediate uh, families. I'm just, I'm I'm so confused by that remark about the Mm. fathers. I wasn't clear whether they meant the fathers of the children who were born in the mother and baby homes or the fathers of the mothers who might have been taken to the homes by I, the I fathers. think it's both. I, I think what they're saying yeah. is that the, the, the fathers of the children didn't take responsibility and didn't uh, stand yeah. uh, uh, well, for the, by the women. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying that the families put them into these homes uh, and that was condoned by the state and the church, but everybody was responsible, really. But, you know, that, that argument about fathers simply does not hold water because to this day in 2021, non-marital fathers have no rights to um, to even prevent their non-marital child being adopted. So mm. if a mother were to decide that she, she wasn't in a position to care for her own child, her non-marital child, the, the non-marital father only has to be consulted. Mm. And we see from the 1952 Adoption Act that non-marital fathers are completely written out of the equation. Mm. So it's an absolute fallacy to suggest that they 
somehow failed in a duty. Well, that's what they're suggesting. And it, it seems yeah. to be a get-out-of-jail card uh, from Absolutely. from my brief reading of this report for state and church. It says, for example, yeah. that the proportion of men who married their pregnant girlfriends in this country would have been lower than elsewhere in the country. And they say that uh, all of this attitude uh, was condoned by state and church. But it must be acknowledged that the institutions, the mother and baby homes under investigation, provided a refuge, a hard refuge in some cases, uh, when the families provided no refuge at all. So bad and all, uh, as these mother and baby homes were, it, it was a lot better than the alternative seems to be the attitude. But of course, who, who, are the, who are the forces within the state that were banging pulpits and insisting that uh, unmarried pregnant women who are considered as, a, as a, um, uh, an assault mm. on public morality? It was the Catholic Church yep. and the Protestant churches who were in, imposing those mm. views on the populace and made sure that the populace brought these uh, unmarried mothers mm. to the institutions which the state invited religious orders in to set mm. up. And the, the Chum home is a particular case in point. The mm. Bonsecour sisters were invited in to set up that uh, particular institution. Uh, so to, to blame families about their not, you know, not mm. offering refuge to their own daughters certainly families didn't. Well, to all intents and purposes, uh, the women were sent uh, to prison and the girls, uh, a lot of the girls uh, uh, who were pregnant uh, in these homes uh, were aged 12 and upwards. uh, But girls and women sent there uh, and to all intents and purposes, it was a prison. They had no choice. They were put in there against their will. uh, And that's documented in this report. uh, But then they say there's no evidence that they were forced into the homes. Uh, They say there's no evidence that they were forced to adopt their children, although there's many testimonies to that effect. Uh, They said that vaccine trials took place, uh, but uh, there was no damage done. Uh, And it really seems to be nothing to see here. Yeah, and and the the, uh, particularly, let's take the vaccine trials. They make that bold statement about there being no damage done to the the children who were illegally involved in those trials. There has been no longitudinal study by either the drug companies or the Irish state to see how those children were affected. I refer to my wonderful colleague, Mary Steed, who lives in in the States. She was one of the over 2,000 children trafficked there. She was used in a vaccine trial. In fact, at some point in the 1990s, the religious order tried to alter her file to... um, to change dates about the vaccines she's received. She has been contacted by no one mm. ever to see how her health might have been affected. So for a commission of investigation to make a bold statement like that, it's as bad as one of the nuns, uh, Sister Sarto, mm. at, um, from the Sacred Heart Agency some years ago saying, oh, look, nobody died. They have no idea what the long-term impacts were on the health of those uh, children who were involved in those trials and it's a disgrace mm. really. But if we go back to what I was saying a moment ago about the duty of care, uh, when yeah. uh, these women became pregnant uh, and when they were put into prison if you like and when their babies were taken off them and those babies uh, were vaccinated uh, to try out drugs or sent off to America or adopted out to other people, uh, that was uh, under the duty of the care of the state which was franchised out yeah. to the nuns. Uh, this report seems to be saying it was everybody's fault. For example, it says uh, in this report uh, as well that there was an attitude in this country to the importance of premarital purity and the 
of sexual dangers associated with dance halls, modest rest, mixed bathing and other sources of temptations. In the 1920s, the Irish Free State was a newly independent nation which was determined to show the world that it was different. Part of that difference related to the capacity to withstand the undesirable aspects of modernity, including sexual licence and uh, alien cultures. Uh, And uh, there was a strong alignment of views between church and state which reinforced those attitudes but they were the attitudes that people held generally speaking and that's why uh, these were looked on as fallen women. Yeah well those attitudes didn't come from a vacuum they came from the effective theocracy that was in place in Ireland and which governed Ireland up until maybe the the 1980s so it is a complete uh, red herring to say that these attitudes emanated entirely from the public they came from the most, the most powerful um, influences in the state, the Catholic Church in particular, and then uh, from the very, the highly conservative um, governments which mm. ruled in, in those times. And we need only look at the 1937 Constitution to mm. see those conservative influences reflected. Well, do you know, there's a, an awful lot of people who have uh, attitudes uh, towards uh, people who are in Mount Joy this morning. I hope the prisoners are doing the right thing and are, are uh, uh, recognising their duty of care to those people and they aren't abusing them. Oh, you know, Michael, that's exactly the thought that occurred to me yesterday. Uh, is society going to have to... Uh, we're going to have to wake up every morning and ensuring that we're monitoring all of these state agencies hmm. uh, because it seems now that we had unwittingly signed up to a contract that we too have the same responsibility as the state when it comes to to governing these institutions. So um, I do hope now, though, that we will we can probably put the report aside and it is really down to the government, uh, particularly Minister Roderick Gorman, to, to grasp the nettle mm. and to say, right, what can we do now to improve the lives of people whose lives were destroyed because but the minister was saying yesterday that uh, what we'll do is we'll use language that won't make people legally accountable. Yes, indeed. And that was our, ver- that was our fear from the outset, that there would be a trivialisation uh, coming from the Commission. Mm. And I, as I've said on a few other interviews, uh, nobody really wants to hear about, at this stage, about the poor diet or the uniforms that were worn within these institutions. They want to hear the internationally recognised terms of gross human rights abuses, forced adoptions and forced disappearances, um, illegal vaccine trials, illegal adoptions, um, premature uh, preventable deaths. Um, and we want proper investigations now, particularly in by uh, you know suitable uh, voices such as the coroners. They have to actually establish the cause of these deaths, because, you know, these are effectively burial pits. Well, the the, the Mm. one in Shume is effectively a burial pit. And since the 1990s, the world has responded very strongly to the discovery of mass graves in former war zones. So why should the children of Shume in that dreadful home be deprived of that international type of standard? So the Irish state has an opportunity here to go to go beyond the very, very crass 
conclusions of this report and to step up. And it's interesting you read out that quote about how the the nascent Irish estate wanted to show the world that it was different. Mm. Well, this is an opportunity for this government to show that the Irish state is different. And, you know, the dogs on the street know what happened in those homes. They know the human rights abuses that occurred. And we, we have to stop shilly-shallying and around the issues and, and trying to trivialise them because that is re-traumatising the victims, the survivors, and it is an affront to the memory of the children who perished prematurely and avoidably in those places. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think I uh, lost faith in the report uh, when I was reading the bit uh, about priests uh, denouncing uh, couples uh, for having extramarital pregnancies uh, because it says uh, there was evidence of such denunciations, uh, but they weren't as common as is sometimes suggested. I mean, utterly unbelievable. Rubbish. Um, Absolute rubbish, yeah. Yeah. And and State commissioned report that is so important uh, in terms of us coming to terms with who we are and where we came from as a a nation. Uh, And utter rubbish like that. Yes, and it's 30 million that we won't see again. And I I must congratulate my colleagues, Claire McGetrick and Maeve Walk, particularly, um, who co-wrote the plan report with um, some barristers here in Ireland and Mm. with the Hogan Lovell team in, in the UK. They produced that report at a zero cost in 2018 using a voluntary workforce and frankly their report is more concise, uh, is more thorough, uh, it comes in uh, under 200 pages and frankly I, that would be my only point of reference from here on in. The Commission has added so little to the to the debate, to the the narrative around these homes or these institutions, and even you know the fact that they could have arrived at, at numbers of deaths, you know, nine thousand. Whilst that might be correct for the institutions they looked at, Adoption Rights Alliance has collected a list of over 180 settings where. Uh, unmarried mothers gave birth where their children were taken for forced adoption and where presumably um, avoidable deaths could also have occurred, particularly in the county homes where even the commission had to conclude that conditions were even worse there. And I I have to say I'm totally disappointed in Micheál Martin referring to the hurt experience. Mm. Listen, I, you know, I experience hurt if I have, you know, maybe a harsh word with my husband or my son. Um, for, for the children in particular, who, some of whom were abandoned to their own fates within those dreadful institutions, deprived of love, mm. medical care, education, the very basics of humanity, I think hurt is an, an affront to their dignity as human beings. They experienced whole-scale human rights abuses, whole-scale neglect, and the government uh, gave not a jot about their faiths. Mm. And Micheál Martin had, had, 
had better consult his lexicon today and he's going to have to come up with more impressive language than that. And maybe the nuns won't welcome uh, the statement from uh, the Taoiseach uh, as they did uh, this report yesterday and uh, the Sisters of uh, the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary said the report shows that these homes were established so that pregnant unmarried mothers could have their babies at a remove from society and family and at facilities other than county homes. Irish society demanded that many unmarried women would have their babies in secrets. Secret some religious communities provided a service in response to these societal norms and demands driven by the secrecy and shame which surrounded pregnancy out of wedlock. I think the nuns are interpreting the report to vindicate them. Absolutely. And, and that particular order ran three homes, the one at Bessborough, Sean Ross Abbey and Castle Pollard. And um, I don't know if your listeners will be familiar with the book by June Goulding, who was the first ever midwife uh, employed by that order of nuns at, at um, Bessborough. And she had documented in her, it's a late June Goulding, unfortunately, she documented in her book, The Light in the Window, the dreadful uh, stigmatizing and brutal treatment of the nuns towards the women in, in that home. Now, unfortunately, uh, she didn't stay terribly long in, in the place and one wonders what happened thereafter. But yeah, the commission has given a free pass to the state, to the nuns and, and anybody else who would reasonably be held culpable, um, for, for the crimes which occurred in those places. So, these survivors are, you know, as they're beginning to digest the, the report, and of course, it's only available online to survivors. They have 3,000 pages to wade through. The average age of survivors, including now the children, mm. you know, we're looking at people in their 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s, some of whom don't even have broadband, never mind a computer, or the ability to to navigate a 3,000-page document on a a laptop screen. So this is going to take months, probably years, to digest. And the notion that Micheál Martin is going to stand up there today and issue an apology when when the survivors haven't even read the report, never mind digested it, again, it's a complete misstep and misreading of the situation. Fair enough if Micheál Martin wanted to make a statement and if he wanted to indicate that the government was going to, uh, all of government, well, all of government, but of course the, the whole, both houses of the Oireachtas, the opposition have a place to, to play in reading and digesting this report. Uh, if it's a whole of society issue, well, then it's got to be uh, a whole of the Oireachtas issue too. And we should not take it that um, the current government, uh, you know, that they are, they are somehow best placed to comment on this. Um, in fact, they're going. To, it seems to me they w- w- might well seek to diminish even further the very disappointing conclusions of the report. Good. And uh, I'm just so disappointed today. Okay. Well, I'm very disappointed to hear you say that. I can't argue with you, though, Susan. Uh, that uh, would be uh, the impression I got yesterday. Uh, it's always yeah. my pleasure to talk to you, Susan. Uh, and I know Thank that you've you, been very, very busy over the last 24 hours in particular. So uh, it's much appreciated that you took the time to be with us on the programme this morning. And thank you, as I say. And thank you for your continuing interest, Michael. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. That's uh, Susan Lohan, co-founder of uh, the Adoption Rights Alliance. Michael Reed on LMFM. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 